good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain. Nutrition. Chewing. Fat. Fat. Podcast. Yes, it is. (laughs) The Christmas edition. Volume two, two, two. I covered my mouth there. It's probably not the best thing to do when you're on a mic. Joe, it's Christmas edition. We're talking about mindset. Last week, last episode, we talked about nutrition. Mindset, because we talked a lot about mindset during the nutrition one. <laughs> <laughs> so fingers crossed people have come back to listen to this one. So we're, I mean, oh God, I'm going to say it. Calories in versus calories out. Eat less, move more. Yes, but no, because mindset is going to be king, isn't it? Mindset's always going to be king when it comes to your food choices, because that's what drives them. There's going to be some physical elements to it, blood sugar, hunger, they're going to influence your cravings, but the rest of it's all going to come down to your mindset. True or false? True, 100%. I think with this stuff, I, I wondered if you were chewing your words slightly there, because it's the hardest time of year. It's the hardest time of year as a nutrition coach to tread the right line with paying clients or people who are listening to your resources for free, whoever you are, because there's so much more of a story that people have around this time of year and these beliefs that they hold on to that aren't factual. You know, they they've been created, have been absorbed through the through the Christmas ether and that then people hold on to these things and so we always have to consider where people are at because the things that we are say are often then interpreted differently you know people don't always hear the things that you say anyone who's ever had a part uh, an argument with a partner will know this that your words aren't always uh received in the way that they're meant or they're not heard in the way that maybe you delivered them um and so you have to when you hear what we say about your thoughts about Christmas is trying to come to this like a beginner's mindset and not having this that you know that, that you know everything because there are different ways of looking at all situations and the more that you push outside of your comfort zone the more that you come to this with an open mind the more easy changes you can make you know this is we're not looking to ruin your Christmas we don't want the turkey and sprouts for you and or hold the gravy because it's you know I don't want to have any extra calories we want people to live really happy, healthy lives to, to be and to be able to sustain that, you know, hence the names. It's not that complicated. But there are going to be no hard and fast rules here. And I think that's one of the problems with stuff like keto, calories in, calories out, is you've got that number, you've got to hit it. Keto, you've got to have the fats and the veggies and the protein, but no carbs. But life doesn't really work like that. And there's going to be situations where those things go out the window and Christmas is one of those times when there's going to be events that are coming up certain people certain foods that are more prevalent they're going to be harder for you to manage and so having hard and fast rules like that tends to push people to that idea of well I'll just take december off 
I'm just not going to think about it from the 23rd of December to the 3rd of January. And you can do whatever you see fit. I don't think that's a very good idea. And I think it's massively excessive. And I think that it's a nice idea in the moment. I think we spoke about in the last podcast about my dream day of food. That if I actually ate like that, I'd feel like crap. And I think that with Christmas, you then apply that to weeks or even a month for a lot of people. That they switch off because they genuinely believe that it's the right approach for them to take. And it's not. And hindsight proves that. And people go, God, I've done it again because they've missed that that awareness piece of, oh, do you know what? Every year for my whole life at the start of January, I felt like crap. What could possibly be going wrong? And it's the way that your, your mindset is looking at Christmas. Gosh, I'm going to shut up now. I need a drink. I feel like talk for ages. I've literally got a timer on. That was three minutes. Was it? So you were talking about uh, arguments with business partners. I presume <laughs> that that's what I heard. Um, so yeah, caveat is, you know, if you are happy to overindulge over Christmas, gain some weight, and you don't care about that, you probably want to stop listening now. However, if every Christmas you tell yourself this story that more's the better, and this is, you ha- simply have to gain weight, there's no other way, and then you roll into January full of mince pies and guilt and regret, then keep listening. And I think, but like Joe said, our job as coaches over Christmas is to allow our clients to indulge, yet not overindulge. We are not going, no, you can't have this and you can't have that. And you have to stick 100% to your nutrition plan. And, you know, we'll let you have Christmas dinner, but no roast potatoes. It's not about that. It's about, as always, getting our clients feeling in control and being happy with the choices they make, whatever they are, whatever they are. That's the key thing because, you know, if you have those two things, if you're controlling, you're happy, then there's no regrets there. That's all we want. We want people to get through Christmas. Get through Christmas sounds really bad, doesn't it? To enjoy Christmas without regretting it. And odds are you've had quite a few Christmases where you regretted it. Here to, to hold people to account is that thing I'd said before, but you make decisions before the event and then hindsight shows them to be incorrect. It's our job to help you to see that when it happens. And it's not ever a judgment piece. It's not about were they good or bad or right or wrong? Would you do anything differently in hindsight? And just help holding people's, as our business coach says, holding people's toes to the fire, you know, keeping people accountable and aware and reflecting and then learning from it. So, you know, it's, it, it's a simple process, but people don't like to do it because it means challenging themselves. It means challenging the thoughts that they had and the decisions that they made and sometimes saying they weren't the right decisions. But Which is all right. Absolutely. It's just we'll chances to learn. Decisions. There's always there's always chances to learn and to do better. You know, you'll never this isn't a game that you're going to complete. This isn't a box that you're going to tick. You know, it's, it's just chances to constantly tweak and refine and to learn and to adjust. So with that being said, let's dive straight in. To some of the tactics some of the, some of the advice that we give our paying clients, some of the things that we do ourselves. Um yeah, let's share those. So the first thing for me would be to shift your expectations of what's going to happen during December. Going back to that whole idea of like, I have to be 100% on plan. My goal is fat loss. Chill out. You know, take a diet break. Take December off. And by take December off, I don't mean eat whatever the hell you want. <laughs> I mean, shift your expectations and go, right, if I can maintain this month, fucking brilliant. 
I will start, which is the whole because it's a Christmas, a famous Christmas plan. If I can start January as close to the start of December's way as possible, that's amazing because I've pretty much got through Christmas again. I've said it again. I've enjoyed Christmas scot-free, no damage. Amazing. Let's look at that. Now, also, shift the expectations. And again, looking for wins. You know, we're big fans of positivity. If I normally gain £10 over Christmas and I gain £6, that is not a failure. That is a win. But I normally gain £10 and I'm trying to be more mindful. I gain £14. Something's gone drastically wrong. If I behave in a different way, if I make more controlled food choices, if I'm more mindful of my food choices, all wins, all positives, all steps in the right direction. So the first thing for me would be shift your expectations from cracking on with your weight loss to going, if I can maintain through this, brilliant. Or if I can minimize the weight that I normally gain, brilliant. That is what I'm aiming for. Totally different uh, outlook, no pressure. Again, pressure builds diamonds, no. Pressure ruins diets. If you have this idea, well, I'm going to be perfect, like it's not, odds are it's not going to happen over Christmas. There's too much fun stuff around. There's too many social engagements. So shift your expectations, right? I'm going to try and maintain. That's it. Oh, and if you are perfect over Christmas, then you're going to blow out in January anyway. You know, for, yeah. for the vast majority of people, slash everyone I've ever met aside from one person, it's just Liam. Not yeah, Liam former extremely high-level amateur bodybuilder slash almost pro bodybuilder. You know, these are the exceptions, not the rules. These aren't things to aim for. It's a bit like, you know, me saying I want to be able to work harder and looking at Jeff Bezos. You have to be realistic with your capabilities and your lifestyle and apply all of these things. And that gap between where you'd like to be and where's realistic for you to get to. And there's so many different factors in here. And to recognize that so much of this, and when people set targets, you say to them, where did you get that number from? Oh, that's what I weighed 30 years ago. Like, okay, so that would be absolutely amazing. But maybe we shouldn't start there. Maybe we should set more realistic goals because then otherwise you only get one celebration. If your goal is three stone away, two stone 10 can feel like a failure. And adjusting the way that you look at these things and putting all these different pieces in place to question whether these are the right words to be using, to question whether that should even be your goal, to question why, you know, it's all good to have stretch goals if that works for you. If that is, the, you know, if you if you set a goal you don't think that you can achieve, which is what I've done personally with Sustain and with my properties, then the way that my mind works is I will then look for solutions for that. Now, a lot of people will spend so much time berating themselves they're not there or questioning themselves, that it completely invalidates the tactic. And so you have to look at what works for you. And too many people set these lofty ambitions and they set their worth on achieving them, that when they don't, they're flattened. Well, don't do it then. You know, to summarize what James has said, adjust your expectations and remember that if you haven't achieved it in the last 10 Christmases, then it's probably not gonna work here. So set yourself smaller targets. Yeah. <laughs> Run over. Done. Next one. Uh, remove guilt. Remove guilt from the food choices, which does fall into that shift in expectations because I think we do this by getting our clients to give themselves permission to have certain things. And that's achieved by a bit of planning, a bit of scheduling, which we'll talk about as we go on. But, you know, I had this with a, um, a client who was feeling guilty about making certain choices. I said, well, give yourself permission to do it. Give yourself permission to eat chocolate. I can't remember how much it was, like X amount of chocolate three times per week. 
And then as soon as that becomes part of your plan, then all of a sudden there's no guilt around that because, well, it's part of my approach. I often joke, we've got our 10 calorie control habits, which people, for some reason, take as like a perfect formula for fat loss. If, you have to tell if it if it works for them, like you said, no bread. Like you had fifteen gins last night. Don't be <laughs> it bread. And as I said to these people, I was like, me and Judge just make these up. Like we literally made these up. And if we said to her, right, we're adding an eleventh one, and it's eat one pepperoni deep pan pizza every single week, would people stick to it? They probably would. They'd probably saw our number eleven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smashed number eleven. None of the other ones got hit. So. By giving yourself permission to have these things, again, it removes that guilt, and then guilt leads to, you know, often a tailspin in, in food choices, and then like that, I've tried, I've failed, again, woe is me, I'll start again on Monday, or I'll start next year, it's probably going to be now, isn't it? So by giving yourself permission to have some of these things, again, which falls, in, you know, the, obviously these all layer on top of each other, shifting those expectations and going, yes, I really enjoy mince pies. Current favorite was uh, Asda. Oh, I think they were like extra special deep filled ones, but now Asda spiced rum ones. Delicious. I'm on uh, 11, I think now, 11 mince pies so far on the 10th. So I'm not doing bad. Once you remove that guilt, boom, it's okay. And again, you're going to be more likely to moderate because you have that one mince pie. It's not a failure, so it doesn't mean that you eat the rest of the box because you're still sticking to what you had planned. You made a really good point in there, which I'm going to Was it about on. what mince pies It was, best. indeed, correct. Yeah. Do you still put blue cheese under the lid of one sometimes? I didn't. No, Sue, my uh, client, bought me some delicious cheese with stem ginger in. So I've been having that with them. Mm. Oh, it's unbelievable. Creamy. Anyway, probably one of the best things to talk about. <laughs> Oh, I've lost my, lost my thoughts. About expectations, the root of your guilt is your expectations. Like, and people will often kind of outsource it and say, yeah, I feel really guilty because I ate X, Y, Z. You don't feel guilty because you ate that food. You, eat, you feel guilty because you've overshot your expectations. And actually, you know, what, what you kind of said there is adjusting your expectations can, can reduce that, being more realistic about these things and making sure that you are reflecting on the past being present in the moment i know there was a period in time well, i could i could name a couple relatively recently ate half a box of galleon chocolates and that was more than i should have eaten in hindsight it didn't make me feel very good and so my expectation i guess from that was that i would really enjoy that portion of food and it was excessive so now when i have that temptation you know to share a box of galleons on an evening i can look at that and go my expectation here is off. My expectation now is that this is worth it. But the reality is I don't feel very good afterwards physically. You know, this is nothing to do with, with guilt. And so you can remove your guilt by recognizing that you're creating this through your expectations and by reflecting on the past. And I think that if you do make mistakes, then just recognizing that this is how it goes, that life is made up of mistakes. And if you're trying to do better, then oh, I've got a brilliant quote. If you're trying to do better than you make mistakes, you never bang your toe standing still. And so the best way to, you know, to, to have no guilt and to, and to not um, overdo your expectations is just set no goals. Just eat whatever you want and just don't think about it. That's not going to get you where you want to be. And so 
if you have these goals that you're working towards and you're going to make mistakes, if you're trying to do better than you did before, you're not going to have a 100% hit rate. And the more you push yourself, the more steps you take, the more times you're going to stub your toe. And so it's recognizing that these are just signs of progress. That sometimes if you make a mistake and you have, you do feel a little bit guilty, you've had more food than you should have done. then that's just a chance to learn and to grow and to do better. And that's actually a reward for trying because the other option is you don't try and you don't set any goals. You just eat whatever you want and you start again in January. And I wouldn't see that as, as a win. That for me is, you know, the equivalent of standing still. In fact, for many people, it's going to be going backwards because they're going to end up significantly heavier in January than they could have been. And so it's, yeah, look at it like that. as that idea that you don't stub your toe unless you're standing still. I hope your uh, seashell, she, I can't spell it, but my teeth have fallen out. My, your seashell chocolates with some uh, generic knockoff and not the actual Gillian bland brand. Uh, you often rinse me for this, so yeah, why not? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, slummed it and went to Aldi. Um, <laughs> but again, and this is why we're not fans of people going, uh, draw a line under it, pretend it never happened, move on. Now, we don't want people to dwell with the past, but 100% learn from it. So the next time Joe, like he says, goes like, oh, I'm tempted to eat half this box or this full box. Myself, he's got some solid evidence, almost from a future version of yourself, where you've gone, I've done this before, and I really regretted it. So it makes that decision of not doing that a little bit easier. And you've got that positive feedback of when you don't do that, going, I'm really glad I didn't do that. Then also, the next time when you do do it, you go, don't listen to him. You don't know what he's talking about. Eat the full pack or eat half the pack. You do that and you're like, I really regret that. And again, it's, whilst it's not necessarily the positive feedback, it's feeding back onto the, that decision that makes sense that like not doing that was the right thing to do. So you're going to make mistakes. That's how we grow. That's how we get better. That's how we learn. You know, people expect this perfect approach where it's just going to be like non-stop perfection like it just isn't like there's no other single area in your life where, where that happens where everything's perfect nothing and there's no single area in the whole world where people struggle as consistently as with their nutrition on a, on a you know a global what's it currently is it more that more of the world is now overweight than underweight is that well, true i think, I think I me and you are probably quite a big stats on that <laughs> but then you know, you just got so many people struggle with this stuff. You know, the whole, uh, I'm not going to do my capitalist rant about this, but the whole system set up for you to overconsume. Like, go and look in any food shop at the moment and look at, like, the range of high-calorie food that's in there. Like, there's more than we need because this fills other people's pockets. And so because you're struggling with this, you know, the whole system, the system is against you. This is this is how it goes. Like if you are in a position where you're overweight, this isn't because you had a couple too many mince pies once. This has been a series of habits that's deeply ingrained. And so it's going to take a serious amount of work and a serious amount of practice and messing up. I remember someone saying to me once, I had a pizza last night. I didn't feel very good. I won't do that again. It was like, if only it was that easy. If only it was that easy. You're going to have to learn this over and over and over for the most part until you have this moment of realization where things do change. You know, there was only one time that I drank too much neat rum because I learned from that. And that's, but you can only get that either from having these massive moments or from lots of small reflections until eventually things change. Those are your options. 
you know, and if you don't do any reflection, then nothing's ever going to change. If you don't ever look at your own behaviors and actions, then you're stuck where you are, which takes us nicely onto number three. Well, I think I was going to say that it's a mega uh, segue, that piece where you say, like, you you know, society is almost kind of set up to fail is this next one. Take ownership. And I suppose from the, the, the flip side of that, going off on a slight tangent, shocker, even though we've got notes on this one. This was that thing that I saw over lockdown, particularly when, you know, a lot of PTs and stuff were very pissed off that gyms were shut down like but what but like mcdonald's is open up and blah blah blah, and obesity is a big issue and all this like okay but you eat mcdonald's occasionally like you can eat mcdonald's responsibly it's not the fact that the food is available that is the reason why everyone's overweight like you said the fact that mince pies are available doesn't mean that that's why people are overweight it's people over consuming them so you've got to take some ownership over that obviously that's on a, a large scale and we'll talk about on a smaller scale is once you take ownership of your choices of your decisions i like to talk about this a lot this probably falls into my self-defense teaching days once you take ownership you stop being a victim if you're a victim then things just happen to you things constantly happen to you there's nothing you can do about it you've got to fight back sounds very dramatic when we talk about fat loss and nutrition but if you're that, well, I went to my mum's and she gave me this and she gave me that and this was in the office and blah, blah, blah. And well, I blah, 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 blah. You're just a victim. It's going to keep on happening. You have to take control over that and own it. And if you went to your friend's house and ate an entire trifle, okay, cool, own it. Because then once you own that situation, you can change that situation. If you just go, like, no, well, they really wanted me to eat that trifle, you're a victim and you're going to keep on doing that. I think it's going to play out across, and I think one one of the things I'm especially proud of with Sustain is our continued desire to help people in other areas of their life, is that it's not just about losing weight and keeping it off. It's trying to give people the skills where they can do it long-term that will also have a knock-on effect in other areas of their lives, and I really believe that. And the things that you've said there about taking ownership and responsibility and discipline and commitment and all of these skills the wider you cast this net, the more you're going to change. So if you listen to us and just think, right, how can I apply this to my food in December? That might have a rather large impact on your life. Might not. But if you can apply this to all the other areas, so often we work with people and it's just about taking the skills that they've got in other areas of their life and applying it to food. Because <clears throat> they go into work and someone complains and they're really kind and calm. They find a solution and they go home and they do the same, they look for solutions. And then it comes to their food when they're talking to their coach, which is us, they throw their hands up and say, there's no other option. You know, you've spent 23 and a half hours of your day finding solutions to other people's problems here and probably finding solutions to other problems of your own. But then it comes to this area and you're not doing it. You're not taking that ownership because, well, for a few different reasons that I'm not going to dig into now, but it's the more that you can accept and admit that this stuff is under your control there's more you can do then the more you can change and that is just endless whether that be about the thoughts that you have your emotions your exercise the way you communicate with others your friends your family your colleagues yeah everything you can change and i think that the more that you look at life that way the more solutions you'll find otherwise you just shut the door and nothing's ever going to change there. It's the same that refusing to reflect. If you don't do any reflection, then nothing's going to change. And you might not know where to start with this, but just 
the wider your eyes are, the more you look around, the more things will change. And actually, there's an irony here that the things that have the biggest impact, you know, we talk about weak spots and blind spots. The things that have the biggest impact are the things that you are so certain in. And I had one of these recently. I've always believed that if I have a certain amount of money in the bank, then I am safe, that I'm secure, that I'm stable. That is all because of the way that I look at money. And actually, the problem that I have there is if that amount of money goes or if there's a global crash or whatever it is, that I'm not safe. And there are billionaires, millionaires, people with exponentially more money than I'll ever see who don't feel secure. So the money doesn't make us feel doesn't make me feel secure. It's the way that I look at it. And it was strangely liberating in this idea that actually I've created this and I'm I'm holding on to something that doesn't really exist. And this is what you see all the time with food. When people say, so-and-so will judge me. I can't say this. I can't take a salad with me. You know, there's no way that I could have done this or that. And they're just, the door is shut. And as soon as you, you know, to every different situation, as soon as you give them the key, and actually it's not you giving them the key, it's, it's helping them to, to find the key. As soon as they do that, then this whole world of fat loss possibility comes out and people go, oh my God, there's loads I can change. And this, and you can have this kind of avalanche of results when people start finding solutions to problems that have just been before these locked doors. And that's when you get these really big moments of change and these really big fat losses when people find those areas and you have to look into the dark, you have to look into the corners because it's not a bit more water. It's not swapping your white potatoes for sweet potatoes. This is looking for the, the big obstacles, the big boulders, because that's where you get the biggest changes. The big old wins. So, well, obviously the next, next part is going to be like being mindful of your food choices, not just eating half a box of chocolates. Maybe... I did it mindfully, know. okay? <laughs> Enjoying the, the the three or four or five or whatever you consider as a as a portion. Yeah, just taking time to take take stock and again, you know, questioning will you know the idea of more, more is better. Well, if three is good, then thirteen is got to be amazing. Is that really true? That again, trial and error, isn't it? Sometimes there's going to be times where you eat thirteen. They'd be like, that was more of a more of a mission than anything that was like a, an objective like i've got to finish these um yeah there's there's tons of stuff going on isn't there when you have to question your thoughts you know questioning your choices like the the false beliefs that you have in those food choices whether that's actually true or false or you know is this I mean, it sounds dramatic though he's like added to my life or detracting from it but but it's true isn't it that everything is just because it's not um you know, the, the birth of a new baby or the death of a loved one. These things are, are small, small margins. And I one of the differences between people who are successful and people who struggle is the people who are successful recognize those small margins and the people who are unsuccessful pretend they're not there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. These things don't add up. Yes, they do. Of course they, of course they do. Even if it's only to a small degree that you might not even see on the scale. It's that the devil's in the detail and the people who are the most successful are always the ones who find those extra little areas um, and keep looking for those ways to, to do better. And it's interesting you met, you know, bring up the mindfulness and eating mindfully because the way that I used to look at it was, well, you either eat mindfully or you don't. And I would massively, 
a massive change my tune on that is it's this huge sliding scale where I can eat more mindfully, but it might still be mindless. I remember a little while ago, I think I went and bought, I bought three chocolate bars. I think I ate them in about 12 minutes. I think once I realized how long it took me, I was like, oh, but it was mindful. Like, just because I didn't have the TV on and just because I ate them slower than usual does not mean that's mindful eating. Like I did not need whatever it ends up being, six, 700 calories, 100 grams of food. That is, that is for me an excessive amount. I know from past experience, again, that reflection piece, I do not need that amount of food in that time. And so whilst it was more mindful, I am scratching for a positive. If I look at that as being more mindful, I'm completely ignoring the fact that I took in six, 650, 700 calories in 12 minutes. You know, it's just so much more than I need. And I, and I know that with absolute certainty. And so it's just having those broad shoulders to take that criticism. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't mean it's the wrong thing to do. It's just because it's done. I can't remember, you know, talking months ago here, but it's they're just chances to learn and do better. And if you keep ignoring those small margins, so it's only 100 calories a day, then it's going to happen again and again and again. And suddenly it's happened, you know, by the time it's happened 10 times, you're looking at 7,000 calories, but that's two pounds of fat. Over the, you know, that wouldn't happen, it doesn't have to happen all that often for that to then add up to being a rather large intake that's then the difference between, you know, people talk about, I gained a stone in the last year. It's only a pound a month. So you're looking at what, 4,000, if we do it, and I don't like when people use the maths, it doesn't always work out, but you're looking at 4,000 calories a month, so 100 a day. So that amount, that, you know, give or take, don't hang me for it, but give or take what I've just said there. So that difference, if I discount that and go, well, I did do better because I ate mindfully, that could be me, the difference between me gaining a stone in the next year and me not. But but for me, even just speaking on that bit, where, you know, you could say, oh, it's only 100 calories. And it is, but I think for me, the compound effect of those positive decisions, those little wins each time reinforces that you're doing the right thing. And psychologically, it can help make those bigger decisions. You know, it's not just the the, the necessarily the physiological. I was speaking to a client the other day. We were talking about exercise. and like, well, I don't think exercise is the be-all and end-all for fat loss. It massively plays its part psychologically because – when people are training well, then they're eating better. When they're eating better, then they're training harder. When they're training harder, they prioritize their sleep. They're getting better recovery. It all, you know, that jigsaws in. So even though it's not like, right, exercise is key to fat loss, you know, like this, these small decisions of going, actually, just going to have one chocolate bar three yeah. times per week instead of three chocolate bars every single day. Whilst it might not be, in the grand scheme of things, you know, a massive saving of calories, psychologically it's putting you back in control which is then going to make you more likely to be in control of other food choices so it does all add up even if it's not like you said you know numbers wise those little wins go towards huge big wins i would also say that you know i've mentioned a couple of times recently i've lost kind of 10 11 pounds the last okay, five, show off. Weeks. and the benefit of that yeah, there's a confidence thing, being happy with how I look. But one of the biggest things is just that I've been more consistent with my food. And there's a sense of like a consistent level of satisfaction there that I didn't have before because I would have these blowouts or these mini blowouts. You know, that consistent that consistency is its own reward that I'm happy with how I'm behaving, both as a example to the, the people that are listening to this and just for myself that that's the kind of person I want to be I don't want to be the kind of person who just goes out and 
as a pudding from the shop because I've had a bad day or because I fancy one. That level of discipline is something that I see having a crossover into other areas of my life that I want to have. And so that's one of those things, like you said, that might not have the biggest physical impact, but it, the act itself feels good. Yes. Big fan. Right. Next thing would be to prioritize. And again, these all fall into each other. Prioritize what's important. I did a, a post today and I've done a video about this, like saying family, friends, or food, what's the important part? And the kind of question I posed was, do you think if you, you know, went to see your friends for a Christmas get together, if they didn't serve three different types of Pringles, would it be a shit time? Is that time enhanced by you eating six mince pies or would you have had exactly the same great time if you hadn't have had that food? And again, caveat, sometimes the food is going to be part of that enjoyment. You go down for a dinner party or something like that. Yeah, go for it. Enjoy it. But we're talking about the mindless choices that we, you know, those handfuls of celebrations, you know, six pieces of stolen or whatever it is. Like, are they enhancing it or is the... The, the bigger picture that you're off to see friends, you're off to see family, you're enjoying these experiences. And again, it's not about being taking your food into Tupperware. You know, go to the German market, have a hot dog, have a indulgent hot chocolate, have what you want. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about like, what's the important part of that situation? Is it just eating food just because it's there? I'm going to say no. I think there's, there's caveats there too, aren't there? So if you, you know, what are you eating before you go? Can you have two normal meals with protein invasions and jerky in the car to help you manage your intake? Because realistically, it's so hard to moderate these things if you're hungry. And it's these small, again, the small accumulations of things. We're not saying have none of this stuff over Christmas. In fact, over the course of the year, we want people to eat the food they really enjoy that adds to their lives. But there are things you can do to make that easier. And there's things you can do to make it much harder that are more likely to push you to those places of excess. And again, if you're mindful and you're present when you're enjoying these things, then you can get more pleasure from less food. You know, if you look at the amount of calories that people consume in different environments, so watching TV, same as watching a film, is when people consume the most. And there's something else you're there for. Whereas a meal out, I appreciate you're there to see other people too, but the, the focal point of that situation is the food, is the meal, aside again from the people. The cinema, the TV, those pieces there where you're just eating without engaging in what's going on, not going to say they're a waste, but a large percentage of them are. I think if you looked at your intake, if you could look back at your intake over the course of a year and circle the ones that were really worth it, I'd be surprised if you went, that 100 gram bag of 12 bites I had, was really good I, you know i'm so glad i had those and again the, you have to challenge yourself and i think that's the thing that that just doesn't feel good is that you're questioning your own decisions if you don't do this you never learn from these things and you just keep doing them you know and that just the exercise of me looking at that box of chocolates that half box of chocolates i had you know reflecting on it now with, with you here makes it so much easier because i've set my stall out and i think that just to, to tie this back to what we're actually talking about is it's the things that are most important are the things that you look back on more than a couple of days later and go, yeah, that was worth it. Totally worth it. And you can still make adjustments. I went out for a meal with a few friends of mine a little while back at a decent sized meal. I reckon I had 15 drinks over the course of the day. Is there anything I'd have done differently there? 
yeah, actually, the first few drinks I went out at 12 o'clock, I had two pints of cider. I could have had gin and tonics. Would have saved me a couple of hundred calories. And yeah, we're talking a drop in the ocean when it comes to that, <laughs> that kind of intake over the course of the day. But have that attitude of always looking to do more because then you'll, you'll get better results. It's, it's this endless, like, yeah, there's nothing I do differently. Like, there's just no negative to it aside from you having to challenge yourself, but then that just gets easier the more you do it. But going back to like how all these points layer on the top of each other, and obviously important stuff, we've done this around Christmas, but this is applicable all year round. It's just we tend to be more sociable. There's more, I suppose, kind of high-calorie treat-like foods around at the moment uh, that people have issues moderating. Is that whole cinema thing, like what you say, like no one went and went like, I went and saw Avatar 2, the popcorn was fucking great. You know what I mean? It was like the pick and mix was unbelievable. So whilst, again, at the time, we enjoy it, is it really adding any value to it? Again, taking ownership of those choices, that that's the only way to do it, isn't it? It's, it's becoming more aware of what you're doing, more aware of the stories that you tell yourself, more in control of the, those decisions and not like, you know, living like a nun and taking, I don't know, frozen watermelon or something as a treat. If you want to have cola cubes, have cola cubes, but then own that. And then own the possible ramifications of that. I suppose the last one, to kind of wrap it up, would be the whole thing of giving yourself permission is to plan your indulgences. You know, as you said before, you know, if you're going out and you're concerned that you're going to eat a whole lot of high-calorie food, well, can you eat some food beforehand? Again, I did a video on this the other day saying, like, you know, eat more to lose more. Because if you go into, like, uh, you know, I had a client who was like, oh, I went to this party, uh, and I knew it was going to be pizza, and I wanted to have two pieces, but I ended up having six. Like, well, maybe eat something beforehand, just a little snack, some fruit, protein bar, whatever, you know, a protein sauce beforehand, and then you can go into that with you know like not going shopping hungry have a little snack first you can make more informed choices more controlled choices by by doing that but planning those indulgences so what do you like eating again these, these are questions that we always ask our clients we get them to kind of schedule the, the higher calorie foods each week is what do you feel you want to have you know what's gonna what you're gonna enjoy how much do you feel you need to have to have enjoyed that and then another good one is always going to be when you're gonna have it there you go, right, I'm going to have one mince pie a day. I'm going to have four over the week. I'm going to have, you know, whatever, 50 grams of chocolate, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Cool, set that, see if you stick to it. And then again, it's about reviewing it, asking yourself a question, oh, I ended up having six days. Okay, so was four days realistic? Yes or no? Yes, it was. Okay, so what happened to the other two days? Well, I just didn't really keep focused. I didn't kind of question why I was going to do it. Okay, well, let's try for four next week. Or, you know, it might be like four wasn't realistic. So let's try five. Cool. Let's try five and then see if that works. There's no right or wrong answers. It's just what's going to be right for you. What can you do consistently? What keeps you in control? Consistency is always the biggest, the biggest key. Yeah. And that reflection, like you said, if, if you just say, yes, job done, green, you know, rubber stamp it, give it a big green tick then you've got no chance to do better. Whereas if you're willing to say, do you know what, could I have had five instead of six or four instead of six or three instead of six, then you're going to make bigger changes. And I think you kind of, I don't know if you alluded to it there or not, it just it made me think about 
one of the meals that I have, which is like bolognese rice and veg. It works out as 600 grams of food and it's 600 calories. I have this monster portion of food that then means that I'm more able to make better decisions moving forwards. And it's just comes back to that old thing of protein and veg. Is there's just a huge amount of veg in that meal. because You've got your onions, your tomatoes, I have a side of frozen veg with it, some rice, you know, 150 grams, whatever of uh, beef mince. Is you just have this massive amount of food that just facilitates everything else. And I know we're talking about mindset today, but you can make yourself more resilient by just eating enough. You know, the, 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 I just, I wish I could have figures for this. I wish there was a, a data set for it. For the number of times that you see people's food go, my brother does this, eats like an eight-year-old. That's two eggs on toast for breakfast. That's pretty good. Three, 400 calories, maybe 250. Ham salad sandwich for lunch. Same as again. Looking pretty good here. 800 calories for the day. Uh, You know, a burger and some oven chips, maybe some broccoli for tea, maybe another four, five, 600. And then 200 grams of dairy milk and 100 grams of cheese onion crisps. Like the calories people eat through the day when they have a blowout on an evening is always you know 95% of the time 99% of the time under eating during the day under eating during the day overeating in the evening and it's if you're trying to do all of these things this Christmas and to to mindfully eat and to prioritize certain events and to really enjoy high calorie food then the foundation of that is going to come from eating enough the rest of the time and by all means if you're able to moderate your high calorie food at Christmas on an empty stomach. You probably don't have any problems with your weight if you're able to do it consistently enough, but most people can't. So we have to then put these, these fail safes, these backups in place to help them to manage it. And eating enough is, is one of the big ones. Yeah. But as you said that, you know, we are talking about mindset here, but if you want to really challenge your decision-making properties or make it a lot harder for you to make good decisions, like you said, get yourself hungry just, literally just speaking to a lady today who just reached out for a little bit of help she's been struggling for a couple of years wants to lose a couple of stone should write a calorie track and do my macros and typically i'll have brown flakes for my breakfast i'll have soup or a sandwich for my lunch but i really struggle on an evening i've got an idea for you stop eating 400 calories throughout your day eat some more food see if that helps uh, because then, yeah yeah because then that way if she massively increases a, a breakfast and a lunch and a dinner and she still struggles in the evening right then we know that it's a mindset issue that's going on there but you know if you want a weakening resolve get really hungry get really tired and let's try it get really cold as well i guarantee you're gonna make shit decisions Stress yourself out a bit as well go and get yeah yeah stress. get get really stressed out and spin around a lot i don't know <laughs> You know, you're just making it so hard for yourself. So whilst this is the mindset stuff, obviously the the the, the physical aspect of it does play in there. Like you want to put yourself in the best position possible so that you're not having to challenge your mindset. So you're not having to rely on willpower or, you know, any special techniques. Like if it's something as simple as, like I said to this woman, like if it's as simple as this, amazing. Because I've just fixed your two-year problem in a 40-second video. Like you're just go through our free fat loss mini course in our group and see how you should be eating. Although we both know that then the reason the mindset issue came up so much in the nutrition edition of the consistent Christmas podcast series and why it's the second pillar we're covering is because this is the one that underpins everything. 
and yeah. most people are in dire need of learning how the mind works and how to to process thoughts differently so everything everything works together and interlinks and you can't just take one it's a lovely idea isn't it i just fix this one problem and everything will just magically come together like when has that worked in any other part of your life when have you achieved something difficult that a lot of other people struggle with by changing one thing never i've never seen it happen i've never had given one piece of advice that's made the difference it's always small accumulations over time that add up yeah but he's just trying to isolate the problem isn't it i was trying to think of something to do with electrics but i don't know anything about electrics or cars uh, so it's like it's like let's try and isolate the problem if it is just as simple as your battery's flat perfect if you replace your battery it works brilliant talk about cars Jack guessed, you know, if we put a new battery and it still doesn't work, right, then we need to find what the problem is because it's something else. And that's kind of what we try and do with our, our coaching system is like, right, let's make it as easy as possible for you to make these, you know, the choices that are in line with your goals. And then everything else we can start working on it and tweak it. And thus concludes volume two of our Christmas edition. And it's now Christmas because that one was so long. <laughs> 43 minutes, 20 seconds, but I did start at about a minute in, so 44 minutes, not, not too bad for us. Right, team, thanks as always for listening. Don't forget, reach out, help. If you've got a question, if you've got a podcast suggestion, uh, if you've got a question about the podcast, feedback, uh, if you want to know more about how much Joe drinks when he's on a night out, <laughs> cider, what is wrong with you? I had a lot of fruity cocktail. Oh, you know, I, there was a good story, actually. I, I was ordering cocktails. I went to the toilet and I came back and I was like, what the fuck is that? And this glass was about a foot tall with like a really long spindle. And then the glass was about as big as my fist and it was bright pink. And I was like, did I order that? And they were like, yeah. Like, oh, best, best drink then. I had to drink it. Like, I only see people drinking out of a welly. That's what it yeah. looked like. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real man's man. Right, yeah. thanks as always for listening, and we will catch you next week with, oh, what's the next episode, Joe? Uh, Pull up my notes. Lifestyle. Talking all about lifestyle, which will be confusing for a lot of people. But there you go. <laughs>